Attention to the neglected and underserved community of investors. There is an alternative real estate investment opportunity for the average person. Money is only a tool that gets its power and value from the people who know how to properly use it. For decades, it has been about high net worth individuals and institutions. People need a real financial vehicle so they can be represented within the Wall Street ecosystem that is for the people, by the people, and of the people. Introducing the power of co-oponomics. Consumer Cooperative Group is committed to revealing the power that the lower and middle class investors have already possessed by redirecting it through co-oponomics. By taking the neglected and underserved market of retail investors, introducing them to Consumer Cooperative Group's journey and process from pre-IPO to a listed and publicly traded company using the crowdfunding method under the JOBS Act, this funding method will eliminate the need and burden of entertaining the traditional venture capital dog and pony show as well as other financial intermediaries. People have been funding things that have been controlling their lives instead of funding things that will allow them to control their own lives. To learn more or to get started as an investor today, visit Consumer Cooperative Group at ccg.coop. That's ccg.coop. Early investments are now open. Universe. Media. Network. 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 This is Antonio Holman, publisher of United States Real Estate Investor, and welcome to another exciting episode of Features, where I have in-depth conversations with people who make this industry so exciting. Today, I'm talking to Tannen Andrews, who is the founder of Consumer Cooperative Group, something really exciting for underserved and underrepresented people in the United States. Tannen has built something really incredible and has been working on this for quite a long time, roughly about uh, 25 years or so. And uh, I think this is an extremely exciting venture that he's creating, and I hope you will too. Please sit back and enjoy this in-depth, very detailed conversation with Tannen Andrews. All right, so we're here today with Mr. Tannen Andrews, who uh, he's developing something pretty, pretty amazing for a lot of uh, underserved communities here in the real estate investing space. But before we get started here, let's, uh, Tannen, let's get into a little bit of what your personal life is like. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it's kind of tricky. I mean, it's um, a lot of things going on, man. You know, teaching the kids, man. I, was, I homeschooled the kids, teaching them, bringing them up on on uh, business, not, you know, not having the traditional ways of saying, hey, I'm going to go go to college and then I'm going to go find a job. I'm like, no, you're going to go to college. You're going to start a business. So so a lot of that goes on in the, in the household and stuff like that. So. My last, uh, yeah, my last, all my kids are grown now. They're all adults now. The last one just turned 18 uh, in June. And then my 20-year-old just had a, he just had his 20th uh, birthday yesterday. So, so, so yeah, it's kind of tricky balancing the family life and trying to um, run a business over the past uh, 20 plus years. Yeah, it's been kind of uh, <laughs> ups and downs in there, you know, like with the misses and all that, so. So did you get any uh, pushback from the kids when you were aiming them towards business ownership instead of working for somebody else? 
Well, not the not so far, not the last two. You know, my first my first couple, they're kind of little knuckleheads a little bit. You know, like <laughs> I got two, you know, two uh, two older sons. One's a college graduate already, and uh, the other ones, the two are just kind of just floating out there. And I have a stepson, so I admit, that makes that six. So I have a stepson. Yeah, he just went into the military. So those are type of things that we tried to explain to him, uh, you know, beforehand, but. You know, he got caught up in the situation. And now he says, "Okay, I got to go do this." You know, so I said, "Well, that's what that's the path you should have took before." But you know, like I said, they got to go out there. They're gonna bump their heads and trying to figure out what's going on, and they just got to realize this is work. I know it doesn't matter what you, you know, you aim and you know put your put your, you know, what you want to do. It's gonna always require some type of work and some type of mastery over over time. So. Okay, uh, Tannen, briefly tell us what is Consumer Cooperative Group and what is what you call co-oponomics? Well, uh, Consumer Cooperative Group is a is a cooperative. And I think traditionally, I think a lot of companies, a lot of people are brought up in thinking, you know, hey, in corporation, well, some, because I, I got a little story on that one, um, you know, incorporate get an llc and whatnot but one of the things that they but what they've not been putting out there is what a cooperative is you know and a cooperative is the original form of an entity that was in place previously before there was any type of incorporations any llcs or whatnot and what a cooperative is is where you take members of the communities that have uh, different maybe products or services and stuff, and they pool their capital resources together to prov to provide those resources to everyone within the community. You know, so and that's the sustainability. So when corporations came in, corporations kind of took the place of that, and cooperatives kind of just slid to the back you know, to the back end of it, but they're still there, you know, but they're not forming. Cause I don't know if you heard of a collect, uh, anything that says cooperative collective or like, uh, they're usually are associated with utilities or credit unions, but at the same time, uh, they're functioning in that capacity, but not in the capacity as the original form of what a cooperative is supposed to do. You know, because the cooperative is like the bank, you know, it's like, hey, we need to uh, uh, say, say, for instance, uh, farmers, uh, a farmer's cooperative. That's another form that they were using. So if you have a certain farmer has a certain crop and another one has another type of crop, they would take uh, one crop and they would exchange. That would be their specific currency at that particular time. And that's pretty much how the communities uh, sustain themselves. So now what uh, co-oponomics is, it is cooperative plus economics. You put that together, that's what you got, co-oponomics. And that's what we need to get back to. We need to get back to the origination, uh, to the original way of doing business amongst ourselves. And so we have to stop delegating our authority and power over to third party intermediaries where they're controlling the outcome 
of what is 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 uh, being provided to the communities. You know, they're kind of like they're creating scarcity in places that don't need to be scarcity there. They're creating, they're manipulating the uh, uh, this inflation uh, that's that's being created. You know, uh, we had a we had a uh, meeting on, we had a video uh, on Friday where I talked about. Uh, I started the uh, my series, uh, Knowing the Ledger, the Power of Bookkeeping Entries, which is what is money. That was the first episode. So we went over that, how all of that takes, uh, that process of money creation and all that and how that takes place and what creates this, this disconnect between what is money, what are we using for money, uh, what do we consider money, and you know how we're trading our personal time and our labor for money when it should be the assets should be producing the capital and the money for us and not us you know because you know i think that's where a lot of the um uh the issues are, you know, people don't have enough time in a day to do certain things, to be with the loved ones, take vacations, do certain things. And, and you got all these like gurus and all these things on the, on the media, just shooting at them saying, Hey, I can make you rich and I can do this and stuff. But people don't have that foundational knowledge regarding, you know, what money is and time and money, opportunity costs, all these different elements. So what Co-Oponomics is trying to do is, is trying to bridge that gap, bring it back to the original, bring it back to the point to where we're educating uh, the people first. It's like, hey, look, this can be done, but let's learn this first here. We have to learn the concept of what money is. So when we move through our process, you'll start to understand what's taking place as we're uh moving along so then you can understand hey yeah there i see what the change is okay now you have to see what people want to change when when you say you want to change something people the other the, the only way for people to change something is they have to understand what they're changing from you have to give them something uh an alternative because you can't produce something to somebody and then you don't give them an alternative and you have to explain what that alternative is because remember they've been conditioned over the course of their generations separate uh, many generations they've been conditioned to think a certain way so when you come with something that's completely you know uh different but it's concrete at the same time and then you show what the connections is and where the manipulation to is taking place, then you give them a foundation where they can start from, you know, so. So the other thing uh, that's interesting about what you're doing on the surface, most people would say that this sounds like a real estate investment trust to me. What is the difference between that and what you're doing? Well, the real estate, the real estate trust, again there we go we have to we have to start defining words we have to start um understanding the definitions of words and a trust is a is a one of those um financial business entities that 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 are started uh you know to protect assets and uh separate people 
separate themselves from an entity. So, you know, so the first thing I would say on that is, okay, what is a trust? A trust is an instrument or a vehicle that uh, holds and protects assets. So that means you would have to have three parties to that. You would have to have a trustor, a trustee, and a beneficiary. Now, within that trust, it has to have assets in it. So, yeah, they're similar, but at the same time, the difference is, is that the cooperative, you, we're pooling funds together as a group. And when we do that, what happens is, is that now we want to acquire, in our situation, we want to acquire multiple, several million, hundreds of million dollars worth of real estate. So if we pool our funds together. That capital that comes in, in exchange for that capital, they receive stock, okay, equity stock. So that would be the exchange there. Now, the the benefit from that is, is now they don't own the real estate. They own it indirectly through that piece of stock. Now, that stock can act like a derivative, and a derivative is something... Uh, something that's different from, you know, something that's in lieu of or place of the actual asset. So I'm ashamed you're there exchanging an asset for an asset. You see, now a trust is just pretty much saying, hey, a trustee, you have a third party intermediary, which is the trustee. He has a fiduciary. Uh, he has a fiduciary duty uh, to to administer that trust for the benefit of the beneficiary. You see what I mean? So now the the beneficiary is at the beck and call of the trustee. The trustee can run it. He's like the manager. He can do whatever he want. He wants, and the the beneficiary has to you know has to comply with whatever rules were whatever the trust or whatever rules the trust or set up for that trust. They pretty much have to abide. The trustee has to abide by those rules and administer the trust for that. And the beneficiary has no control. The cooperative is completely different. That stock, once the once the uh, members or the investor has that stock, they have the ability to do whatever they want. They don't need to come to me or you know the CEO or whatever, the founder or whatever, and ask, "Hey, I need my I need my money." But we're creating an environment to where, hey, we're going to register these shares. We're going to make them liquid. So that way people have access uh, to their investment uh, 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 benefits, you know what I mean? So the benefits of holding stock, and I don't think people really understand what the benefits of stock is uh, other than from what they have their 401ks, you, you know what I mean? So if they have their 401ks, they pretty much from their job, they pretty much have a third party uh administering their account you know what i mean they're taking money out of their check and then they're picking and choosing what um you know what companies or what stock that it's going into so so it's like you know there's not really any control and then if you want to pull your if you want to pull your money out then guess what they go to fees they're gonna hit you with your fees on your money so that's the disconnect right there so and i think with the new legislation that came that came in uh, with the Jobs Act being able to where regular individuals can directly participate with startups and get stock at a at a 
hell of a discount versus going before it gets to the retail market is a big you know big advantage uh you know big advantage for them on that but we have to educate them and let them know hey this is what stock is this is what it is you know and we'll i think we'll get into the in, into that process where we're talking about the uh about the manufacturing the the wholesale market and the retail market and in that supply chain and people have to figure out what part what section of that supply chain do they want to interject their capital into what what part of that do they want to be in the manufacturing stage they want to be at the wholesale stage or they want to uh invest their capital at the retail stage because there's different levels uh and they understand it but they don't i don't think they uh have seen it applied to the financial world but if you go into the consumer world they understand the concept of manufacturing wholesale and retail because they're buying clothes at retail right and then they're waiting for it to go on sale <laughs> you know what i mean so so they understand that concept so now we have to apply that to uh to the finance market and how that they need to be able to uh stack their assets and it's all about asset classes and there's more than one real estate is not the even though this cooperative is real estate but it's also building additional asset classes and it's also converting them from a what they call a non-accredited investor into the accredited investor so we want to so the process of cooperative numbers is to change uh individuals assets uh asset holdings as well as their classification uh in commerce you know from non-accredited investor to accredited investor because that opens up other opportunities because people are thinking uh you know we have a lower class we have a middle class and we got an upper class right but there's only two classes non-accredited non-accredited and accredited that's right because the accredited gets all the opportunities to do certain things to build assets that building those assets also builds wealth and it also maintains that wealth as well at the same time and maintaining that wealth is basically from making your investors sustainable if you make your investors sustainable and what i mean by making them sustainable is is that when they give you capital you have to give them something in value is equal or more because what you're now what you're doing is the sustainability comes in because if you're taking care of the investor and the and your investors and your members of the co-op what happens is is that they're sustainable they can pay for the services they can invest and that sustains and keeps the company uh going and then it's just a and from there it's just a revolving door you know whatever the company uh creates and and profits from because what we do is we profit we split profits 50 50 because you know because we look at all our members and investors as equity uh as uh, uh jv partners you know in a sense right so whatever comes in and whatever goes back out is split 50 50 between the company and uh how many you know depending on how many shares that each individual takes advantage of their earnings will be based on per their per share uh holding so 
All right, Tannen, so you've been doing this for approximately 25 years. You've been developing this organization for about 25 years. So what is your business background that led you to the creation of Consumer Cooperative Group? Uh, mainly it's, you know, I mean, business, uh, business school, uh, entrepreneur school. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, a lot of variety of things. Uh, not just that, but actually has, I think my unique, uh, approach to it is, is based on personal, personal experience. Um, I always dive in head first. Uh, I don't, I don't question, I don't question myself when I, when I do stuff, I go in, uh, that consequence, if it don't, it's not right. I, I deal with the consequence. Hey, I don't look at it as a consequence. I just look at, it, I just built another step, you know? So once I build that step, I know, you know, I don't, I don't take that, uh, that route anymore, you know? And I say, okay, now it perfects it. But I was, like I said, I was fortunate enough, fortunate enough to have a mentor, uh, you know, early on that didn't uh, charge me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause you got a lot of, you got a lot of these, uh, these people out here today uh, hollering about, Hey, uh, this costs X amount of dollars and da 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 to do this. And, you know, information should just pretty much be free. Uh, and that's what he did. He gave me, he gave me the information. Uh, he gave me the knowledge. He says, uh, he said, now I'll point you in that direction. Uh, it's up to you to do what you need to do. And that's pretty much what I did. You know, he gave me what I needed. I went, you know, I went to that and I found out some stuff. I had some questions, uh, then come back and I said, Hey, this, I ran into this. Okay. Now go here, look this way. So he, so he was, he was letting me trail my own path. And as I was coming up to certain situations, then he would help me, you know, guide me to, to another path. So so a lot of the lot of the practical uh, uh, experiences uh, dealing with real estate from the, from the foundation of it, um, yeah, it, it there was no speci no no specific technique. I just learned the rules and our uh, and procedure, just like in math and algebra. You have uh, if you have to figure out and try to solve a problem, every problem in algebra has some form of formula. So business is the same way. They have different formulas uh, that you use in calculation that you would do to to, you know, to create a deal and do whatnot. So when we did the deals, so when I did the deals, the deals were just pretty much uh, in the sense of, of just, you know, based on that scenario, uh, working the numbers, a lot of creative financing at the beginning. So I, that, and that's where that's the foundation of it. I was created from creative finances from the get go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Try to you you have to tailor you have to tailor the deal to make it work for you. You can't just uh, take somebody else to say, hey, you can do this and you can do you can do that. And I'm like, no, you can't take what someone else does because their results and their situations is completely different from what from what uh you may experience because your experience is not probably and confidence is not probably as confident as the person who's teaching you that technique so you got to kind of you know feel it out yourself and and kind of go with the go with the flow because sellers you got different type of sellers and stuff like that different type of and that's what we were talking about earlier the personalities if you don't know those person you have to learn those personalities so you're able to adapt and that's pretty much all real estate is is creative financing uh adapting adapting to this the situation 
uh, and then back then we're learning about lender programs. Uh, you know, lender programs, they come and they go, right? Some of the programs that I had back in the in the 90s, those programs are now back. This they're coming back a third time. So so since I started in the nine in the in the late 90s, right? <laughs> Those pro those same programs, them zero down programs, all of them, they they'd have made an appearance about three or four times uh, since I started, you know, up until this date. And those programs are back now. So it's, you know, it's it's just like, but now what happened is what happened is the background of it. It was the having finding out certain things. You know about the concept of money and what the banks are doing uh, are they really loaning money uh you know all of, all of those things started to come into play because because of different people that you're meeting <laughs> you know what i mean you're dealing with uh, uh uh some of my knowledge and foundation comes from like i said it all comes from practical it's no uh not, nothing that i do is theoretical you know, because theory, uh, theory uh, you should know, theory is something that is unproven, right? So everything that I teach and everything that I show is all based off practical, uh, uh, practical knowledge, practical experience and what they call folk knowledge. You know, so I'm taking folk knowledge and I'm passing it down from generation to generation, whether it be through my line of generations or someone else's line of generation. So to help us change a lot of things. So so a lot of knowledge, again, like I said, when I say it's passed down, a lot of the knowledge I have, not just from my mentor, but I've had knowledge coming from attorneys. I've had knowledge coming from judges. I've had the knowledge coming from bankers. So, so a lot of, I've, so taking that and them pointing me in those directions and me saying certain things to them and teaching them certain things as well at the same time, that helped me develop uh, for, you know, helped me develop me, helped me develop my technique uh, uh, my learning, my learning patterns and my, uh, teaching patterns on how to teach people. And I think that I can teach people real good because I can take it down. I know how to take myself from a leader position and subordinate myself down to a follower and let someone else lead. You see what I mean? Because that's a confidence builder for a lot of a lot of uh, individuals and stuff. They have a perspective and you have to let them shine with that perspective. And you have to sometimes you have to stay uh, uh, step back. So so I try to be a leader creator at the same time. So that's that's pretty much the, you know, the the background of what I, you know, what I you know, what I've established and what I'm doing in the business. And it's not just you just can't just focus on the the real estate and i think that's where a lot of people lose it when they see this on tv they're like well people like hey you know hey we're gonna make make you all this money and we're gonna do all this and stuff like that but you're not giving them the foundational uh the conversation let's have this conversation let's sit down let's 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 uh let's let's project you know you know what i mean let's project something let's plan out let's plan out the scenario and stuff like that and that's something that uh that background that i've established over that that foundation along with the schooling <laughs> you know what i mean so you know uh holding you know uh holding well i don't hold my masters my, my masters yet i'm only a couple classes uh classes uh, away from uh two masters a matter of fact my masters in business 
in my uh, master's in entre- uh, entrepreneurship uh, uh, with the uh, so it's 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 kind of been difficult, you know, trying to run the business and finish those last few little classes, you know, but at the same time, <laughs> I am com- I'm completing those classes while I'm actually experienced because people go to school to get the knowledge. And then when they get out of school, they go and get the experience. But I don't yeah. think anybody's there to uh, actually sat there and thought about, Hey, no, I went and got the experience first. And then I brought that experience to class. So I brought something of substance to class that's the class has never heard of and the and the professors has never heard of. So so I had a lot of professors, uh, you know, communicated with me more. And I think more than the other students and stuff, because they were trying to learn what I was learning because it was like, well, no, it makes it makes a whole lot of sense, especially especially that's when I teach is when I teach as well is I make sure I cite my work. You know what I mean? And and that's one of the things that I learned in school. See, school will give you certain bits and pieces that the streets won't give you. You see, so you go to the school, the school teacher will no cite your work. That gives it authority. I'm like, oh, you see what I mean? You don't get that from the streets, right? (laughs) You don't get that from the streets. So when you so when I said, well, now I heard cite your work, I'm like, oh, man, that took me. That was in the. That was in the uh, the early 2000s. And when I learned about citing my work, that's when I got into the legal aspect of it, you know, uh, dealing with the Uniform Commercial Code and all of that. And the uh, uh, the commerce, commerce and trade on the, the U.S. code. And that's when I started studying uh, that. And I and I started to understand the purpose of citing your work because. In those in in the Uniform Commercial Code, annotated uh, uh, series and stuff like that, and the U.S. Code, that's all that they're doing. They're citing they're citing information resources from where they got the information to bring authority to it. So I said, okay, that's the piece that I need to master. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need to master that piece so that way when I'm talking. And I'm saying this is practical knowledge. I have practical experience. I can back it up with the authorities, you know, from several, several, several years, 70 uh, plus years back. So people can understand, well, wait a minute, this business and the model that you're bringing to, uh, to the table that's different from everyone else, which is innovative because the innovation is being able to change the minds and the and the the habits, the financial habits of the communities that's been classified up under the retail uh, classification. You see what I mean? So you're changing their mind and their thought process. That's the innovation. You see what I mean? <laughs> because people thought, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to create a product. Anybody can create a product. Anybody can create a service, right? Anybody can create that. But can you, can you change the minds or the habits of the way people operate? Can you change their financial situation? Can you change that? That, could you give them something? Can you create a vehicle? Can you create a service that, that uplifts them, that changes their lifestyle? That's innovation. You see what I mean? Because you want to remember, I want those people to come in, but hey, they have to be able to afford what I'm being able to offer, right? 
So you got to lift them up. You see what I mean? Lift them up first. Once you lift them up, guess what? They'll be you. You'll have finance forever. See, that negates the people negate the. They negate the third party intermediaries. Intermediaries. Why do they have intermediaries? This is something that you learn, and uh, this is something that is being that was taught and that was learned through this process. Is the power is with the people. Everybody is going after their capital. So it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. Don't say so. The authority is not with you; it's with the people. It's like, okay, so. I said, well, we need to start focusing on the people. <laughs> you see what I mean? We need to start uplifting them. We need to start putting them into a situation to where if I change their lives through my innovation, my innovation is that knowledge, is the is that knowledge that's being passed down to them that they've never heard of because they've been conditioned. We have to change that conditioning. We have to let them know, hey, you guys got other you got other alternatives. There's other options. You see, you see what I mean? And they've never been provided those other options. It's always been if you pay attention, it's only it's only been one way. It's always been a one way uh, uh, scenario, even with marketing, uh, with products and services, with the with all type of ent entity. They want you to buy something. They want you to buy something, something that's a product or a service that's going to be obsolete. Or it's probably already obsolete when it when it uh, when they buy it. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Just like with a car, you know, a computer is a good example. The the technology is already obsolete. So now you come up with something new, and Apple is a is a perfect example of that. You know, they self cannibalize, right? They self cannibalize their products uh, and their services all the time. And when a product they release is obsolete. A year later, they want the people to turn around and spend that type of money again. You see, right. but when I bought this product, when they when you buy that product, did it change your life? Did it change your life financially? You see what I'm saying? What type of value did you receive from that product or that service over the course of that year? And that's what I point out. That's what we do. And that's in my background. That is what we have to bring to the table. When I issue you something, if I issue you stock, the stock is the product, <laughs> not the not the real estate yet. I'm going to give you the stock, take the capital, purchase the real estate. The real estate becomes the financial asset base for the value of that stock that stock represents a partial equity ownership in that real estate okay now they can do whatever they need to do so what we need to do is bring that value create more value based off that real estate that cash flow and whatnot and do whatever to bring that value now i'm uplifting their financial situation which changes their psychological uh state you see what I mean? And it changes. And when they change, everybody that's around them starts to change. Because like, hey, what you doing? They introduce the cooperative to them. Right. They get involved. And next thing you know, you're branching out. You see, I'm not hyping anything. And that's that's one thing we're not. That, uh, that's one thing that you don't learn. You learn the patterns. You learn the patterns over the past 25 plus years. You learn the patterns of way 
the way that marketing is taking place, the way that people are, the way that people are are approaching uh, uh, consumers or people and whatnot, you see, and you change those patterns, you see what I mean? Because you're hyping them up. If you have to hype a product, then it's not worth, it's not worth it. You see what I mean? If you have to hype a product, a product, if I say that I am, want us to pool our money together to buy real estate so then and give you guys stock and then uh and then register that stock for you to be so that stock can become uh liquid and trade just like a fortune 500 on on the new york stock exchange that is not hype that's a reality that we're trying to you you see what i mean hype is something that's you hyping something out of nothing no I'm not giving you hype work. I'm giving you a path <laughs> to where we're yeah. going to go. You, you, you see what I mean? So that's the difference. So I don't get into that, that, that marketing uh, in the sense of where it hypes up. And I've had a, and I've had a couple of, um, I've had a couple of uh, 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 agencies that I don't do business with because of the way that they're going to market the, the way that they're going to market it. I said, if you can't, if you cannot address my niche market, the way that I need for them to be addressed. You see what I mean? Uh, because you can't give, like you said, you can't give baby a steak, right? So why would you give them something that they don't understand? I don't talk. I don't talk. Uh, of course I can talk the, I can talk the business lingo. I can say a lot of things, but that's just like hearing myself, hear myself talk uh, that will make me, you know, make me sound good. Cause I can talk. No, no, I have to, bring humble myself bring myself down talk to them as if we're having a cup of coffee just like what we were doing yesterday you see what i mean that's how that's how i want to that's how i approach my audience that's how i talk to them my niche market and that's how you want to deal with them you want to deal with them on the as if you we homeboys or homegirls or whatever you know just Mm -hmm. that's how you want to deal with it hey this is what this is blah 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 and they have to be in a position where they're relaxed, you see, because because what, what what do they do when they're when they're trying to sell you something? They're trying to induce you through some type of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Some type yeah. of emotion for you to uh, uh, to respond and act according to that inducement. You see what I mean? No, we want to make sure my people are comfortable. We want to make sure that they're comfortable enough to where they can ask questions and don't feel like that question is not a good question. You know, I say every question is a good question and you, you know, so you have to keep them in that situation. And that's what my background has, has developed into and has taught me how to deal with a particular market, you know, cause that market is my, foundational market and that's the market that i chose and i choose to deal with on that on that particular level and the other the other aspect i want to touch on is your background is based in real estate so what i want to know is what what was that spark that helped create the evolution of this organization I mean, this this is a, a stock market play and a real estate play. What created that connection there? My first deal. <laughs> My first deal. 
the first the first deal the first deal um i bought a house i bought my first house uh, my mentor helped me uh he was guiding me through that and when i bought that house with no money down and i uh and i got a fifteen thousand dollar check i was like oh man i said this is it's over <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cause he, cause you know, cause he told me, you know, he told me that creative financing, you can do a lot of things. So you can, you can close and you can have, you can get paid at the closing. I'm like, what do you mean get paid at the closing? I'm like, you have to show me this. Yeah. It's ever since he showed, ever since he showed me that it was like, oh man, my head just starts spinning all every which way on how to really? do this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I outgrew and there was a one point where I actually outgrew my uh, my mentor because he was like, man, you you going into some territory. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's like, uh, you know, you on your own with that because I don't know. I don't know how to help you. Uh, and I think the next the next deal uh, I did by myself, I bought a I think I bought 32 units. Uh, they were they were made up of duplexes. Um triplexes fourplexes single family houses there was in a package and this is where and this and this where this extended on that spark and that's when the the sellers that i was uh dealing with all those properties were 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 in an entity and i was like well wait a minute i said instead of buying the real estate why don't i just buy the entity and it's like, oh, that's that's interesting. I said, let's try that. I never tried that before. It was just like that's what happens. You when you when you get into a situation and you're making money, you're thinking about all the ways uh, that you can be creative and, and and do a lot of things. And not me not knowing this, not in the business world. Me just being getting into the business world deep like that, corporately getting in there. I didn't know there was a technique for that. I didn't know that that was a way that the, you know, uh, the commerce works like that. You, you know what I mean? So I think a lot of the, I think a lot of like in, uh, in school and you see these different scenarios, uh, that take place and stuff and they got names for them. Uh, you don't think that, I think a lot of people think that people are creating these techniques, but these techniques are not created. They're pr- because i didn't know that this technique was created i just that's the first thing that came to my mind so so a lot of this stuff a lot of business and and a lot of things that we do we're naturally born with these business instincts it comes from our generational you know that comes from our generation and our dna you know my fam, my family is a line of of of, of business of business uh, uh my great grandmother she was a uh, a business a real estate owner uh, she owned, uh, you know, juke joints and uh, what, which what people call those bars and clubs back in the day. She owns uh, several of those in Georgia. And so it's like, so it's like, OK, I, 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 I must have the bug. You know, you know what I mean? I, I must have that bug because I'm thinking this. But anyway, we we ended up uh, doing that uh, that deal, got it done. I think I walked away with twenty five thousand on, on that on at the closing with that and bought and bought the LLC. The LLC was within the the real estate was 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 within that LLC. I think it was a corporation, one or the two, I can't remember. And 
And all I did was just transfer all of that into my entity uh, after 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 that. So because the, the closing cost was little. I mean, the title work, it was it was a little different. It, that process is a little different. It, it, it's still the same process, but it was a little different because we were buying the entity instead of the we were buying the entity. It was just like without I guess that was my first uh, technically that was the first merger. <laughs> Oh, wow. On the private yeah. side, you, if you mm -hmm. think about it, you know what I mean? Because I bought a company that had assets and I yeah. didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes, uh, sometimes <laughs> ignorance is the best teacher, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I don't think I was. Ignorant. I don't think I was ignorant. I think I was just, you know, just I don't think I was a little out of my, you know, I didn't know the the I knew enough to do it, but I didn't know the. I didn't know the power of what I did until yeah, later yeah. on. To mm -hmm. when I look at it now, oh, I did some hardcore stuff. You, you know, when I look at it wow. now, I'm like, oh man, you know, I could have did this way, I could have did it this way, I could have. You, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's like, oh damn, that's that's kind of what I mean. That you know, I was in a little over my head, and and then the next, and then the next one, I'm like, okay, man, let's let's do the next one. The next one, when I bought a twelve, I bought a twelve unit. You know, and it was like, so I would tell talk about me. He said, what, what? I said, how are you doing that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he was tripping. <laughs> so he was tripping. You know, it was like, yeah, he said, that, he said, man, I done created a, a damn monster. You know, it's yeah. like, that, that is crazy. You know, he said, all the people he's ever taught, he's have never had anybody move like that. You know, it's like, you must have been ready. You know, I said, yeah, I was ready to, to rock and roll. But that was the, you know, that was the spark. And then that led into, that led into i think that was in the 98 that led into the uh into the security exchange commission to to stock mm -hmm. <laughs> and i was like well wait a minute i said man we i need to go public with this so i started so that's when i created my first business i think it was 97 98 when i created the first business plan uh it wasn't called co-oponomics then because I didn't know what it was called yet. You know what I mean? So, but the the concept and the plan of that. So, look, the only way that I'm going to be able to do this, I got to be publicly traded. I said, this is, and I'm, and look, man, I'm not even 30. I'm not like 24, 25, and I'm talking about some stuff like that. And I was like, you know, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm talking yeah. about, some, so, man, that's when I dig deep into the, uh, the securities learning learning the whole method about the security so i started studying studying that and then coming to find out how difficult that's when i realized that's when i realized what i know now is what i knew then and i like we're not going to be able to do this because that's first of all it's too expensive um uh, because the minimum i think the minimum was a million dollars for you to even to be able to do uh, to do a road show to start to do all that the, the process was just so difficult man it was it was it wasn't gonna happen so i already i already knew it wasn't gonna happen so i was like but i but i continued to study it and and uh and and prepare it and doing everything and then um i started my logistics business well i had a logistic business back in 92 before i started the real estate so I uh, so I took the money that I was making out of the real estate to expand my logistics uh, business where I was uh, uh, I had uh, three delivery trucks, uh, box trucks, and I was delivering had a contract with Sears and and I was doing uh, doing that along with the real estate and flipping back and forth and and all of that. And that's where that's that's where that spark went. And I think that uh, from the. And the feed on to that spark, the next spark was is when I bought the. 
I don't like to tell this story, but I'll tell it anyway. Uh oh. Because I yeah, I told everybody over there. Uh, I met a builder. Um, and he was building a house. He was a brand brand new brand new guy uh, on there. So and it was in Southwest uh, Dallas. And this is where I took the real estate to another level. And this is why I use that creative financing. I only had fifteen thousand, fifteen thousand dollars. And uh, and you know why I don't like to tell this story because I see this crap on YouTube talking about where these guys talking about uh, oh well, I had two hundred dollars in my pocket and now I got two point two billion dollars in real estate and I said yeah. I said BS dude come on man <laughs> I said that's 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 deceptive and you you know what I mean and there's no context uh, to that so I'm going to go ahead and explain it and I'm going to bring some context into it okay. <laughs> Um, so he was building houses and, and he, he was looking for somebody that was a steady buyer. And I said, well, wait a minute. Okay. Well, I mean, we can do this. So I had a lender, uh, I had a lender, uh, out in California, uh, Yorba Linda, California. And, and me and Kurt, uh, and his company, we were, we did the, that's what we did. The, uh, the multifamilies, uh, that we had previously, right. In the, in the late, uh, nineties. And I said, so I went back to him. I said, look, I said, this guy, he's building. We want to do this, blah, blah, blah. This and he said, okay, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and do that. So he was an underwriter. He was, uh, he got his underwriting uh, uh, license to where he can underwrite and stuff like that. So what happened was I told God, I said, look, I only got 15000 I only got $15,000, man. He said, well, I need you to buy. All. I said, can you buy all 25 houses? I was like, uh, I said, uh, yeah, but we're going to have to sit down and talk, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have to figure out how we go do this. He's like, okay, so took the first fifteen thousand, right? I bought all twenty five of them with fifteen thousand, with the mm. same fifteen thousand. Literally, I bought it with the same fifteen thousand. So okay. now let's bring, let's bring, let's put some context to it, right? All right. It took me six months to close on all twenty five houses because we were doing rolling closes. So I would give. The builder, the fifteenth, uh, I would uh, bring that fifteen thousand dollars to the table to pay for whatever and do whatever, and then before we went to the next closing, he gave me back the fifteen, the fifteen thousand on the back, and then I took that fifteen thousand and brought it back in to, to close on the next one, and so on and so on and so on. It was my same. So at the end of the day, at the end of the last closing, I got my fifteen, my fifteen thousand dollars back. So actually, I bought them with no money. You see what I mean? I just yeah. used that one fifteen thousand, and we bought ten million dollars worth of real estate. Very nice. So, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, so that was a creative process. Now, I don't know if it was legal or not. You know what I mean? It was. It, it it went through the title cover. Everything was fine. It was just creative. It, so there was no deception because me and him were working together. So and we could do that. You see what I mean? So it was disclosed. So. Hey, we did, but I wouldn't teach nobody to do do that yeah. now. You know what I mean? That's just something that, you know, that's just something that, you know, you have to figure out. People have to figure out on their own how to do uh, certain things and how to, uh, you know, to to do that stuff. But yeah, but those are those were the sparks. Uh, those were the sparks that sparked me. And like I said, over the past 20 some years, those are the things that I was mastering. I was mastering the, the SEC uh, rules. I was mastering the business and commerce laws. I was uh, uh, mastering the U.S. Uh, the U.S. code and stuff like that. Uh, uh, I was mastering the banking, uh, the banking aspect when I found out about the banking. I think I found out about the banking in the 19, uh, uh, 
in the uh, late 90s when I found out about the banking uh, uh, thing about the money when I learned that's when I really started learning about money what money really is and what it's not and that's that's a crucial that's a crucial uh, and anybody that's probably listening to this and uh, I'll I'll release that I'll be releasing that video so look for that video and uh, it's a series so I don't know how many episodes it's going to be it's going to go as long because I'm, I'm uh, because I'm going out of three Federal Reserve publications, you know, that they wrote. These are not my word. These are not my words. The, the, this is this is their policy. This is the way that they do things. So that should be an interesting uh, for you because I got PowerPoints with it and stuff like that. I'm breaking it down. I'm going slow uh, uh, questions, looking for questions and all that and stuff like that. And I'll be expanding on them for for people to understand that. But yeah, when I start, when I found out about money, that actually that really was the precursor for everything else when i found out what money is and i knew that uh i knew that i could create that through through a corporation create that through a corporation a cooperative whatever a business a legal business entity uh and that's one of the main things that the my mentor taught me is that when you operate in commerce you need to be operating as a business entity, a legal business entity, because I think yeah. a lot of people out there now, they just they're out there doing business business and they're doing stuff, but they're not doing business legally. Not yeah, not, not saying that it's illegal, but they're not doing it legally. You know, in a mm -hmm. sense, they have all the liability is placed upon them because they're all they're doing is hustling. And that's right. where the liability comes on. So you have to be able to separate uh, yourself uh, from that liability and that entity is what does uh, what does that like like we talked about the trust the same way you're you're just separating yourself from the liability because you want your entity to be the asset that produces uh, stock you know what I mean and the value comes from the asset holdings and stuff like that and and that's producing your asset is producing your cash flow so that way so your time is not producing the cash flow. You don't want your time to produce the cash flow. You want your assets to produce the cash flow. So that's one of the main things. Uh, so it's just a combination, man. But like I said, but the main thing was the money. When I found out what money is and what it's not, uh, gold standard, all of that and stuff like that. Y'all have to just check that, uh, you know, check that YouTube video out when I get it uploaded. That will... Uh, that's that process will blow your mind. So I knew that did it for me and it's going to do, and I know it's doing it for some, some, I got 20 investors now and I know it's doing it for them because they're like, they're like blown away with, with that. What I mean, This is what's going, you know how you can walk around. It's like, we're walking in we're like, it's like we're walking around in an insane asylum, right? <laughs> yeah. Without, without no, what, <laughs> you know, without a, <laughs> without any bars, you, it, you know what I'm saying? Without any locked doors, we're just walking freely and we're insane because we got all of this commerce and this electricity and energy going around us and stuff like that. And we don't we we can't connect to it because we don't have a circuit yet. We're not tied into that circuit yet. You know, so so that's one of the key things that I want to do. Make sure we get this information out 
start tying the people into uh, tying them into the circuit into that so that way they can tie them into the circuit what be able to get them that currency because <laughs> yeah. it's a current yeah. so we got to tie them in so we can but we have to do it ourselves we can't do it with everybody else uh, we have to do it within ourselves, you know, so that way we can control because us as a people, and this is very important, us as a people, man, we have to, when we get financially sound and knowing what capital, what money is and, and building our, our network and building our assets, once we do that, what happens is everything else goes away, man, racism, all of that stuff. All of that goes away because now what comes in is respect because they only going to respect us when we have equity. When we have that equity, nothing else matters because the racism controls. The racism controls the economics of things. Right. So when we get our equity. They can't control our commerce anymore. And that's very important because when we control our commerce, we control our production. We can we, we can start to control our supply chain. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, we got to get a big city to do that. No, you, you got a network of you got a network of 100 people or a thousand people within your community. Man, do you know how powerful and strong that is, especially yeah. when you connect it with co-economics? Because you got to remember, if if I touch 100 people in each city that invest and whatnot, right? The, the co-op economics, the cooperative that they have the stock in, that is the, that's the foundation because that current is coming out to them because they own a piece of the circuit. You, you see what I mean? Which is that stock. They're getting that. So they're able to utilize that within that community to build within that community. And when they build in within those each of those communities which is our co-op which will be our cooperative network what happens is when they build in those in those areas more money and investment starts coming back to the cooperative then the cooperative sends back out more stock out to them and that brings in more uh assets and more cash flow and those profits go back out to them and that value goes out back to them to hold them where they can liquidate leverage and build within their communities without having to go to a third party bank yeah, well yeah. they'll go to the third party bank but this is the mm -hmm. difference third party bank you have you have two scenarios with the bank right you got two you got two different type of departments in your bank you have the regular banking for regular folk right then you have that private banking we got to get people on that private banking side. We got to get them opening that private banking door because that's where all your when they see that you're well, that's the that's the that's the area of the bank where they give you money when you don't need it. So, Tannen, tell us what is at the heart of the reason for you to create Consumer Cooperative Group. The. The community, our niche, our niche market of investors, uh, the niche market, the everyday community, everyday people, uh, mom and pops, um, uh, the youth, all our, all our youth are, you know, pretty much, you know, not just our people, but the all everyone, everyone's uh, 
that's classified as a non-accredited investors because they never had uh, because we're, we were all pretty much all in the same boat in regards to uh, financial well-being. And I think the system, well, I know the system, what they do is they use that against one another. And if you're pegging one class of individuals against another class of individuals, uh, you see, then you're missing, you're missing the theft. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're missing That's, the theft. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're, you're missing the theft. Somebody, somebody's stealing. They got you distracted uh, over some something that doesn't really make any sense or is is, is meaningless. You know, uh, you think it's mean meaningful because they made it. They made it to where to to make you think that is meaningful. But really, the only thing that's meaningful is having equity. You, you know what I mean? And everything because if you have an equity, you leveling that playing field. And I think we didn't we're not we never had that until the jobs act was passed in uh in 2012 because when that was passed that that was laying the, the pipeline for that sparked what i did 10 years 12 years 13 years earlier when the jobs act was passed oh man i i, I damn that went insane for those who don't know the, the details of the Jobs Act. Hit us with that information real quick. Well, the, what the Jobs Act did was uh, it was mainly for, I think, two purposes. It was for the small businesses and for the non-accredited investors, the investors being able to give them access to startups uh, early on. Um, and what that does is that gives them the ability to uh, establish wealth early on for a cheaper price per share. Uh, because and that's important because you're thinking about, well, where's all this wealth coming from? Why do you why do you see all these people that are multi-billionaire? Why do these people have 50 million dollars, 100 million dollars? It's all paper wealth. Okay, now you might think paper wealth ain't nothing, but this is the one of the things that they did. Once they get paper wealth, you take that paper wealth and you go start buying hard assets with it because that's where you get that term paper gain from. Okay, mm -hmm. you see, so we're creating, we want to create the paper wealth, you see, so we're able to access the hard assets which is the real wealth you see and that solidifies the stock because the first thing you know if you think about microsoft you think about apple and especially if you think about facebook facebook didn't have any assets other than their ip right so when they went public right the what is the first thing I, and, and and if you guys are hearing it i want you guys to think about it before you before you uh just do anything else think about it what is the first thing at, uh facebook did when they went public they started buying companies companies that already had revenue companies that were of substance other that were generating money you see what i mean so they're bringing validity to that paper wealth now you see so they kept buying more companies 
you know, and I'm pretty sure that they're buying real estate. So let's talk about what we're doing in that in regards. We're doing the same thing. We're going to create the paper wealth and then we're going to take that wealth and then we're going to leverage that paper. Then we're going to go buy cash flowing real estate assets. You see what I mean? Now you have a value, <laughs> a solid value. You see, it's not a product or service in the sense of, you know, tangible uh, uh, uh things that that you can just throw away you're talking about you have to look at real estate as real as in if it's cash flowing you can't think about it as in okay yeah i'm, I'm getting some cash flow oh i'm good it's done. no you want to think about it as in the sense of a hundred years take a hundred years right that cash flow times a hundred years that's what you that's what you're looking at see now you have longevity you see what i mean of that stock value and you're looking at okay if i have stock in that then i'm able to pass down generational wealth now you see what i mean that that's what and see and you don't own the real estate you own it indirectly through your shareholdings your shareholdings become the asset in lieu of the real estate because that stock is always tied to that real estate to that cooperative and that real estate is tied to the cooperative so as long as you have that stock and that real estate and that cash flow you always have a connection to that real estate you see what i mean that's able to pass down so you don't sell shares you know you don't sell your shares you leverage and see, that's that new that's that new wave of education uh, exactly. where people. But what what is the first thing people do? They when they get something, they want to just spend, spend, spend money, right? They want to spend yeah. money or they want to sell something. They're always trying to sell something, man. Mm -hmm. No, don't sell your asset. Your asset is your cow. You see what I mean? The money is the milk, right? Right. So you don't sell the cow because you don't get no more milk, right? right? So people get a paycheck every month, right? And they're spending the milk. They're drinking the milk up, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what do they have to do? They have to go back to the cow, which is the corporation where their job is, and they have to trade time for money or time for more milk so they can spend again. But if you have your asset steady producing, the cow steady producing the milk, doesn't matter what you spend every month. You don't need to save because you're getting it every month. <laughs> There's a there's a different way, uh, you know, different ways of thinking. So you want to think about the the power behind it is is that when Facebook and I got a slide, I have a uh, I have a video on this too. Um, Facebook when they came out at fifty dollars a share, right? Let's use a let's use a number here. Let's use a let's use a round number. Let's say say you, you want uh ten thousand. Let's say you invest with us at X amount of dollar uh, at a say a penny a share. Just say let's just say a penny a share, and you come in at with a hundred dollars, right? That gives you a hundred thousand. That gives you a hundred thousand shares. Okay, you're stacked now. You're stacked with a hundred thousand shares. Cause you're like, well, damn, I can't get a hundred thousand shares. In my 401k, right? Right. Yeah, right. because that's that's the retail side, right? That's yeah. the retail side. So now you're in between the manufacturing stage and the wholesale stage because the, the manufacturing stage is the company. The company produced the stock, right? And, and selling the stock to you at a wholesale price produces uh, investment capital so we can go buy the real estate, right? 
because the whole goal is is to get to the retail side because the retail side is the liquidity that's where you can now your shares are worth publicly or worth this amount of money they're registered now they become like legal tender they become money or they become the facilitator to get that currency that you need to trade and buying goods and services so instead of selling your asset that's connected to the company you leverage it you borrow against it because now when you go to that private bank oh you got a hundred thousand uh shares you see but that hundred thousand shares, right? Now let's 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 talk about how we're gonna get to that value. So that way, before you get to, uh, able to leverage that now, and what the job that's allowed you to do, job that allows us now to go straight to Wall Street without an investment banker. <laughs> before that, remember I was talking about earlier how it was it was difficult, expensive. And yeah. and then you got to get somebody. Then you got to get somebody to try to convince somebody that oh, could you help me? Could you loan me? You know, can you underwrite this and blah blah blah? And, you, and, you, and you're paying all this underwriting fees and all this money and stuff. And then they have to before you're paying it, they have to want to uh, deal with you, what you're trying to do, right? Man, all oh, that's out the door. You see, because I started it from there myself. I ain't used anybody. You see what I mean? They, they might have tried to hate and try to stop it, you know what I mean, by not letting me, you know, participate, right? You know, but like I said, the job that created that, they created the crowdfunding uh, sites and they created what they call reggae, right? The crowdfunding side is what you see now, uh, where everybody and their mama can get on there and, and put in $100 here, $100 here, and they can get something from whatever that company is offering now what they're offering is a whole different thing so and i have to let you guys be the judge of that because you would have to look at what i'm offering and then and compare that to what everybody else is offering and then see if it's the same thing it's not because i'm offering you equity i'm offering you stock you see what i mean and i'm also going I'm already have the mindset is no, we are going to the New York Stock Exchange. We're going to trade. We're going to liquidity. No one's talking about that. You see what I mean? Everybody's talking about they're just trying to get you to buy products and services that are be that have been rebranded. And that's if and that's where I was telling you about the marketing. You have to watch that. You have to pay attention to that because with any new type of law or services that are being provided uh by the government that any law that that benefit uh us in, for growth right is going to be infiltrated and manipulated by the status quo that was already there okay so i'm not saying that the venture capitalists are doing it but people are using that type of methodology to kind of manipulate the situation where people thinking that they're in crowdfunding but they're actually not because it's right. based in is based in venture capitalists. You, you, you see what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. They're funded. I said because the democracy state when you democratize, that doesn't mean that you're pre-capitalized. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. By venture capitalism, mm -hmm. that's not democracy. You, you see what I'm saying? That's not democratization. But they lead with that. Hey, we're democratizing the uh, the investment world. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. No, not if you're not if you're using venture capitalist uh, uh, money in there. So now and, and the reason why and it's not their fault. Well, what's what's what the thing is, is that when you're using venture capitalists, right, 
you, you already have somebody in a power play position. Right. You see what I'm saying? That's not democratization. What I'm doing is democratization. I'm letting you come in. There ain't no other venture capitalists in there. I said, even if the venture capitalists do come in, guess what they got to do? I said, no, you got to be just like everybody else, bro. You got to mm-hmm. be just like everybody else. You don't get no special whatever. Like if you buy more shares, yeah, your earnings per share is just going to be higher. That's all it is. But you get no more power than everybody else. Everybody is equitable uh, when it comes to us. And that's in the, you know that's one of the that's one of the differences. So, but like I said, so they're putting a lot of products out there that are branded, uh, rebranded uh, with another you know with another brand, but it's the same product and services. So they're giving you that, and then they're trying to get to the market. And when they get to the market, then they're going to be looking for the venture capitalists, right? So that still leaves you at a that still leaves you at a uh, they left you to go to the venture capital. So in other words, they didn't respect you. You know what I'm saying? I'm keeping the yeah. respect on when we move to the next level, y'all riding too. You see what I'm saying? Right. You guys gonna be there too. I'm not no, I'm not neglecting you. You guys are cool too. Come on. You see what I mean? So 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 now you have to look at so now when you're getting there, so now when you get to that value, now you get into the valuation to where you're trying to uh uh get that. So if we become public. Say the stock comes out at ten uh, ten dollars a share, and you got a hundred thousand share. Now you have a million dollars in wealth. Now you have a million dollars in wealth. Now you can leverage and do all that. So, it, but it only costs you what a hundred dollars to get to a million dollars. But then at the same time, you was able to stack a hundred thousand shares on this side first before you got over to the retail market. So right. now, if I got to the retail market and say you didn't invest that $100 uh, at the retail market, right? Now, them same 100,000 shares would cost you how much? A million dollars. That's the shift. Yeah, That's the innovation. That's why we're shifting it. We're shifting it to where they're focused to where you pay the least amount of money over here on this side. So that way we can so you can stack your stock up high on this on the left side. So when we get over to the retail side, you see you benefit from the the appreciation of value for being mm-hmm. a public the, from a public valuation. You see what I mean? That and I don't think that's what people are not understanding yet, you know, because if you go to my you go to my site, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, go, you go to the crowdfunding site, you look at it, and you're thinking about you're like, well, you go, oh man, he don't got no hype going. Oh no, I don't got no hype going. Just because <laughs> you look at my stuff and you see that oh man, he only got he got less than three thousand dollars raised. I'm like, yeah, and what you see, they got them thinking. You see, me personally, if I was to go to invest, me and 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 that might be biased, but no, but that's no, but this is how I really think. I'm not going to the one that's hyped, hyped up. Oh, this man, this people is uh is uh they don't raise uh uh two million dollars, three million dollars. Oh, oh man, man, this is a hot commodity. No, see that's the problem. Investigate it. You have to research why they're hyped, right. why why they're being so successful. Research it. When you research it. You, that's where our education comes in. So you, we educate the people about money, all of this and all this about the about the games and all the, uh, you know, like this is a big monopoly, right? Big monopoly mm-hmm. game, right? So if we teach them that, they'll be able to see 
the red flags in that. They'll say, oh, wait a minute, this is hyped up. You see what I mean? So if you really look at the product and service, you're looking at to where, okay, when are you going to be able to get profiting? When is, uh, are you just using my money to, to springboard me forward and I'm really not going to get anything? Am I getting just a t-shirt or I'm just getting, uh, you're looking at, because you have to think about your money. They're talking about, and this is one of the things that you want to look for. If they say, I want to want you to invest $500 and we're going to give you 10%, you need to run. <laughs> you need to run. Or even if they say if you get a 12%, you need to run. Even if they say you get an 18%, you need to run, right? You know why? Because $500 ain't, ain't nothing. Right. You see what I mean? You're paying $500 to get 10, 12, or 18%. That's only $100, $120, right? You're going to get your $500 back, and then you're going to get that. You ain't make no money. See, and that's what they're doing. They're getting you in there so they can get you out. And then they'll give the real deals to the venture capitalists on the other side. Right. You see what I mean? No, I'm giving you the real deal right now. You're getting the real deal. Because that same $500 that you would have put over there, that's going to get you 50,000 shares. You see what I'm saying? And that 50,000 shares on that other side, when we go to Wall Street, that's going to look real pretty. 50,000 shares. At $10 a share, that's going to look real pretty over there. You, you see what I mean? That's the difference. That's where you're looking for those red flags. You see what I mean? Because interest rates, you have to, you have to, th this is all about tools. And this is, this is why the Jobs Act is so important. They're giving us, the small business, the tools that we need to do the things that we need to do that we normally couldn't do pre-Jobs Act, right? The thing that I wanted to do prior to. You see, now we have the tools to do that. So now these tools are being manipulated. You need the right tools for the right job. So if you have $500, what you're saying to them and to yourself and to the world is that that $500 is your wealth. That's all that you're worth. Right. So and you're taking 10, 12 and 18 percent to maintain a $500 wealth. Right. Because. How long is it going to take you to make that $500 back? So in other words, you're not building anything. Yeah. You're maintaining the value of that wealth because that $500 becomes the principal. You see what I mean? So you're not in the business to be in a loan. You're not in the business to be a bank or to loan in that scenario. So that's not the proper tool. Now, if someone had a million dollars and they're getting 12 18 percent that's different because they can live off of that right you can't live off 120 180 a year right right so that's the wrong tool for you to base your investment off of you see what i mean that's a wealthy man's tool trying and a, and a non-accredited investor the one that's not that wealthy you're trying to get them to use the tool that the wealth the wealthy use, and you can't do that. That's because you yeah. can't use that. There's multiple tools for multiple such uh, circumstances. We need to use. You have to use the tools that we're providing to help stair step you up to that point. But the only way to do that is that you have to be an equity partner. You have to have stock. You see what I'm saying? Because we're going to bring value to that stock, and your. Um, your 
your return on your investment would damn near be immediate because what are we buying? We're buying real estate. We're buying turnkey real estate. It's already, we're buying, look, we're doing real estate. Like when we're buying real estate, we're buying real estate that already has a history. That's like buying a company. Remember when I told you about the company yeah, earlier? Yeah. Yeah. When you bought the company, I'm buying the company that already has the assets. The assets already have the history. So when you're buying real estate, you're buying history. You're buying value, historical value. You see what I mean? So you already know when you do your projections, you already know. You already know. <laughs> you know what I mean? You oh, pretty yeah. much know what the what you're gonna do. You, you, you know what the real estate is gonna do, you know how it's gonna perform. You see what I mean? So you look at the cooperative, well, you don't have no operating history. I know it's by design. We don't have no operating by design. Why why would you think that, Antonio? Why would you think that I would create a fresh company under the Jobs Act? Right? I create a fresh company with no history. And I did it on purpose. Why? Because you don't have no historical issue. Meaning if somebody buys their stock, your my stock. They don't have to worry about anything popping up, jumping out, any unknowns, right? Yeah. You see, you see what I mean? It was built, it was created fresh for the people coming in. We're going to get stuff right now together at the same time. That's why it's fresh and new. That's why it's limited, limited operating. And then the expenses for regarding the expenses are cheaper in regards to audited financial statements. You said I'm not even paying nothing for the audited financial statement because you, you see what I'm saying? Because it's, it's, it's little activity. You see what I mean? So so you have to think about that, especially if I'm bootstrapping it. I'm, yeah, I'm bootstrapping this bad yeah. boy. I got two, three Close to four hundred thousand, almost four hundred thousand dollars of my own money over the over the course of these years, right? So you have to think about that. What it would have cost if I would have had to uh, uh, pay borrow that money, right? That would be a debt right now. Three four hundred thousand dollars. That would be a debt, a lingering debt over my over the entity right now. That would be a red flag to investors coming in. You see what I mean? Because yeah. You know, so yeah, so that's the purpose of that. So when they look at the and see, and, and when I say that I bootstrap it, you can see that it's, be, it's being bootstrapped. Why? Because of the audited financial statements. See, people don't know how to read the financial statements, so I don't talk in those terms. But those financials or statements are there, so you can see all the paid-in capital, the shareholders' contributions. You can see that over the time. Over, you, you see what I mean? So you know that real money is being put into my own personal money. So you hear that term say, "Well, you got some skin in the game." Well, well, in the real estate, yeah, I got some skin in the game, but not, not, you know what I mean? Not in that sense. But do you have any skin in the game? No, you don't have any skin in the game. See, but once right. you know the concept of money, then you know they don't have any skin in the game either. You mm -hmm. see what I mean? Because they're actually using credit. Exactly. You, see, you see what I'm saying? So that's not skin in the game when you're using credit. Skin in the game is actual assets. So we're building actual assets for our investors, our members. So when they do something, nobody ain't going to be hollering about no skin in the game because they're they're actually funding their own stuff off of their own assets they're leveraging off of their own real estate so now what happens is we're replacing we're replacing the leverage and the encumbrance of the asset with the real estate asset with the stock acts at uh asset 
And see, that's where the education coming in now. You see what I mean? You have to separate your asset and your real estate asset. Use your stock as the collateral and not the real property. See, they got you. They got us. They had us. They had us good. You see what I mean? Oh, go ahead and uh, yeah, go ahead and put this lien up against this this real estate, and then something goes wrong, they come and steal it. You see what I mean? Yeah. You see, no, not not anymore. Not not with this. This right here, we you we're teaching them how to replace your asset with your stock. So now we have to bring value to this stock first by using the real estate asset. That's what the job act allows. That's what the job act allows. Allows us to access everybody that never had the ability to access startups before uh, early, which places people now as underwriters. The people are really the underwriter. When you got the guys, people, uh, members coming in, investing, they're actually the underwriter. They're underwriting. We're self underwriting our offering. That's what's legal now. We're legally allowed to underwrite our own offering from the people, man. There's no more. That shows you the power. That shows you that power has always been there. But now they're giving every. It's funny. They're giving us permission now all of a sudden. Why is that? Hmm. Right. You have sure. to think about that. Oh, so now we're giving you permission to operate in commerce like this now. You know Well, the SEC got fed up with it. So the SEC wrote, you know, they wrote all this stuff up. You see what I mean? They wrote up all the rules and stuff to, to be able for us to do what we need to do. You know what I mean? So, so you gotta you gotta think about it. Oh, you're giving us permission now. You see. So, but then you still got those people trying to manipulate it to keeping us. But see, I'm pure. I'm the pure. Like like one of the uh, one of the crowdfunders said, "Man, Tanny, you are the entrepreneur of entrepreneurs because <laughs> you do you doing everything from the from the beginning in between." And out, you're active in everything. You know, you the paperwork, you're drafting the legal, you're doing all of that. You're involved with all. I'm involved for a reason, because you're not finna come up there and talk about, hey, what well, Tanner, you did something, uh, somebody did this. No, you'll never have me. Someone else. I'm gonna take responsibility. I said, no, I did everything. I'm responsible. Everybody has a direct path to me. They said, well, well, okay, something goes wrong. Oh, we we'll call Tanner. We're gonna show it. Yeah, because I'm the one that need to have the answer. You see, you see what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. I can't. I ain't gonna be able to. I can't. I can't scapegoat it off on nobody because I'm letting you know right now. I did everything. <laughs> you see what I mean? So if something go wrong, it's on. It's on tenant. It's it's always on me. You see what I mean? And that's the and that's the purpose. So and plus by it being all on me, I can control the 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 outcome of it. You see, I can block. I know what the reckon. I know what the recognize. I know what the block out. I know who's trying to stop it. And you know who's causing issues. Trying to, you know what I mean? Because they don't want this. They don't want this type of innovation. This is going to shake up real estate funds. This is going to shake up REITs, which are real estate investment trusts. This is going to shake up the syndication uh market it's gonna shake this all it's gonna shake it all up you see because we're going to acquire properties that no one else is trying to acquire that that won't don't want to acquire and and the reason why it's not not acquiring them because they're bad they're not acquiring them because they use a standardized formula a formula that they use so they can make money so I want you, I want, I want you to understand, uh, Antonio, and I want uh, everybody to understand is, is that the real estate market now they're only doing it to raise value in these properties, and they're selling them. 
they're not holding them. They're no. not holding real estate, man. They're not doing that. <laughs> they're not, they're not, their mindset is okay, I'm gonna raise the value and then I'm gonna flip and then I'm gonna put 300000 That's the see, that's the conditioning that they have investors, and that's and that's the reason why I want to recondition and re-educate this niche market. Look, we're not getting in the market to do this pump and dump like like what they're doing. All, and that's what it, that technically, if you think about it, that's what that is. That's they're pumping and dumping real estate. No one is holding it. No, we're going to hold. We're going to advance it. We're going to hold. We're going to create that value, right? And that value, we're going to let that value trickle to the stock price. And when that value trickles to that stock price. And I'm, and this is very important, Antonio. I want you to really think about this for a minute. If we hold real estate and we say we come out at $10 a share, right? Okay. And you're holding, say you're holding 100,000 shares and you got a million dollars worth of real estate, correct? Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. If we're holding real estate, right? And we're doing uh, renovations, right? Or we're adding solar on there, and we're older, uh, we're creating deals for we're creating deals for our, our our you know for our tenants and stuff like that. We're providing them subsidies and stuff like that. If they're a member. We're providing them subsidies. Those subsidies become write-offs for us. You, 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 see, you see what I'm saying? These all these little all these little techniques and stuff. That's that's where I learned that creative stuff from. And all these little subsidies, man. So if you see. So, so if you see a rent increase in your area, right? Because the market is saying that the price is going up, right? You see, we can pick and choose whether we want to do that or not. We don't got to go with what the market say because we we got members, we got people that are members in our co-op in yeah. here. But but I'm gonna take it one step further. Just say we got a property and it's twelve hundred dollars, and then the rent increase goes up. You know, rent increase I think goes up what every three four years, something like that, something like that. Yeah. I can't I can't remember whatever. So say it goes up three hundred dollars. So now the market is saying that our rents go up uh, go up to sixteen hundred dollars. We can we'll put it up to sixteen hundred dollars, but then we'll give them a subsidy of three hundred dollars. You see what I'm saying? That becomes a write off because that becomes a credit that we give. To, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Debits and credits, man. Cats don't know mm-hmm. how to use that crap, man. They don't know how to use that because they don't know about that, man. So we can do right. our own debits and credit. That's how that's how we're creating and, and dealing with money by giving credits and debits through versus of sub uh, through subsidies and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we can still keep our valuation at sixteen hundred dollars, which raises the value of our asset. That asset then value trickles down to the stock price. That stock price might be uh, ten. So now all of a sudden the stock price is twenty. So now somebody just got a uh, million dollars worth of real estate. Nobody, somebody got real a million dollars worth of uh value of their stock now. You see, you see right. what I mean? Yeah. And we keep it because you're thinking about the cash flow over the course of you're looking at the cash flow over the course of 50, 100, 200 years. You, that's what you're thinking about. You're thinking about the longevity because you're thinking about the longevity of the leverage from that stock that those people is holding so they can keep passing that down from generation to generation. Now, if they're leveraging that stock. And they're buying real estate in their local communities, right? Boy, ain't that ain't that free and clear over there too? Yeah, yeah. That's free and clear over too, ain't it? Exactly. I, I, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So if they're taught, hey, hey, over the generation, you guys need to be making sure y'all putting that investment back over into this cooperative to buy more because that's what's keeping us up. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, see, you see, you see, you see what I mean. And if somebody right. within our network has an idea, like who I want to go public, guess what? We'll fully, we're gonna fully fund it. You see what I mean? Because then everybody gonna get a piece of it. Because he already, because it doesn't matter what anybody does, if they want to go public and in, uh, in, a, in a different uh, uh, industry, guess what? We already know the path to public. We help them. We mm-hmm. already got a list of investors in our network. All we got to do is say, look, we got a company over here, a member over here. They're getting ready to do this. Let's, let's, we got to put our money up over here. We're going to set up everything. Everybody go there and make sure y'all put an investment over there. Now, we hold in stock holding in them and let them run their stuff. And now we got new value coming back down to the cooperative, right, from their investment. And then the cooperative still has to split 50-50 of the profits from that value code over there to all everybody. So you see what I'm saying? So the money just keeps circulating within that network and that's what the jobs act allows us to do it allows us to do what these cats has been doing prior to 2012 and it puts it into hands of small business now there's not a lot of small business owners that know what i know <laughs> so you know, <laughs> you know what i mean so they don't know they really don't know the power behind it but i knew from the i told you i damn near had a stroke when i uh <laughs> With a, a heart attack, man, when I say, oh, no, they're not going to do this, you know, so now I can teach, now I can teach these cats and everybody get these businesses off and start, um, start duplicating. The process is, is to duplicate what I'm doing with everyone else within our network. And like I said, this is only available to members, members and investors, members who are, because if you're an investor, you're automatically, you're automatically a member. If you're a member, you're automatically an investor. Okay. You see what I mean? So yep. when they come in, so they come in, that's what that's there for. And we got to keep our network, our bubble in place so, so we can keep expanding and stuff. I, I say it's a, net, a bubble, but not, not one that's going to burst. But like <laughs> I said, right. it's a bubble that creates. Because you remember, you use a bubble machine, you'll blow the bubble, you create more than one bubble. You see what I mean? But we're all interconnected to one another. Okay, so with with the economy and uh, regulations and things like that, that you have to go through in order to create an organization like this, what do you feel would be one of the deepest struggles that you had to overcome throughout this process? Uh, just the just the the marketing hype in regards to the uh, uh, how they're using how they're using the crowdfunding um, methodology, how they're, how they're infiltrating the, um, the venture capital methodology within the, the crowdfunding methodology. Um, when I go to the crowdfunding, uh, uh, so I went through a couple, uh, a few uh, crowdfunding sites and I got rejected from a lot of them because they're, uh, which, which, which pretty much just uh, uh, prove what I was talking about that they're made up of the venture capital uh methodology and they're using those t- and what i mean by the methodology is that remember venture capital is only funded uh uh one to two percent of the money to uh to small businesses to start their businesses right so and that's the reason why the jobs act was created and, and you know part of the reason why it was created to have people more access to capital so if you're bringing that methodology over into the crowdfunding that means it's your continuing business as usual. You're mip- you're manipulating the crowdfunded method to access the public, uh, the crowdfund. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't use that same venture capitalist methodology 
uh, on a crowdfunding platform. So that was a lot of the headaches uh, that I was, uh, uh, you know, dealing with and stuff like that. And and it's not that they didn't understand what I was doing. They just didn't want to put that on their platform because pretty much that exposed. You can listen, if you listen to the way that I'm talking, boy, it's, it'll scare folks. It's, think about it. It'll scare yeah. them. It's like, man, this dude got too much. This knowledge here is, oh, man, no, I don't want to get all into that because they don't want to get it because they because they always feed that off to uh, to to attorneys and stuff like that. And I yeah. know for a fact attorneys don't want to get into no I don't have no law degree. But guess what? I make it I make it a point to make sure that I know other people's jobs uh, before I do business with them or I speak to them. I make sure I got my stuff on point, because if you don't. They can manipulate you. Mm-hmm. so so i don't get so none of them attorneys don't get into conversations with me on that on that level and that and these guys don't get onto that level so that was kind of some of the some of the issues uh that i was doing but but the remedy the remedy to that was reggae you know so i like i told you the other uh i think i told you the other day uh on the 13th we filed our reggae so reggae eliminates the crowd uh the crowdfunding i uh, think it takes us to the next level to where that's literally a pre-ipo you know an ipo we're getting ready to do an ipo when we file the reggae once that's qualified we're ready to we're ready to uh to apply and well we can go through that process right now we can go ahead and start the application process and that's why we're trying to get people involved right now because when that reggae is qualified before that reggae is qualified we want to make sure that we're going through uh, we get we get X amount of money in here to pay for the application fee, pay for our QCIP, get our QCIP number, get everything registered and stuff like that. Get our application with the New York Stock Exchange American. Once all that is uh, uh, ready to go, by the time that qualification is on, then we can decide if we want to list the trade right now or raise a little bit more money to get in, uh, get a higher valuation. So then we go get on and then our stock price goes in. So that's the remedy to that. We don't need a third party uh, uh, intermediary once the reggae is qualified. That eliminates uh, that that headache that we were dealing with. Because I've had a lot of people say, oh, no, you can't do that. You need us. You need you need us to do your reggae for you. Oh, we need you. We need just to do your crowdfunding uh, uh, filings for you. See, I know how to do all my filings with the SEC. Edgar. I learned that. 15 16 years ago i already knew the process i already knew the steps i knew how to get my cik number i, I already knew all that i've already been tailored with uh, how to get a QSIP number I, all of that is i prepared for this day i didn't know this day was coming bro <laughs> you know what I'm saying? so yeah so that so that's 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 the things there those uh those those little things people trying to tell you uh what you can't do uh, we need you. We we need to do this, and uh, you need to pay this. All that, all these, uh, it created all these companies that 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 are doing nothing but money grabs for businesses that do not know the process, and they're thinking that this stuff is new, but it's not new. You you, you see what I mean? It's not new. It's already was being done, and they know that I they see that I already know all of that already. So they just yeah. push they push me aside. You see what I mean? But mm-hmm. this is for my niche market. Hey, I know what I'm doing. I got it. You know, come on in, uh, so we can move. We don't. We don't have to worry about these these knuckleheads and these and these headaches and stuff trying to stop it. You know, they just don't get involved. They don't. They don't benefit. They don't reap the benefits. That's all it is. Okay, we we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but 
let's let's go back uh, to go just slightly a little deeper. Who is your organization best suited for? Uh, non-accredited investors, uh, but it's open to venture capitalists and also institutional investors over a period of time. So it's a stair-stepping process. Non-accredited investors, they're highly recommended to get in if they want we're going to stack their uh, their asset wealth on the secure on the security side at a at an affordable cost. Uh, and then it can stair step uh, into the venture capitalists or at the same time, as long as the venture capitalists know they're on the same level. And then we'll stair step our way up into the institutional uh, side once we get um, uh, ready to apply for the New York Stock Exchange. American. And those, oh, and the non-accredited investors, that's 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 anybody that's anybody that's not making uh uh not making two hundred something thousand dollars a year. There's there's rule there they have they have uh, uh they have uh, uh uh limits on there and if you go to when you go to my site it's there uh go to the website or you go to our crowdfunding site it show it shows you those limits uh when you leave in those disclosures. So you know where you're, you know what you are, and when you're signing up, it's going to ask you if you're an accredited investor, and then you'll just follow those guidelines, and you'll know what you are, you know, based on based on your answers. Okay, so <clears throat> what are the three main benefits of becoming an investor with CC Group? You being a member of a larger uh, uh, a cooperative network, uh, equity, and the. Uh, the fact you're able to actually build uh, uh, generational wealth through uh, through shareholdings, you know, in lieu of uh, real estate cash flow and real estate assets. I think those are the those are the three things that people really, uh, really focus on is is uh, how am I going to build my wealth uh, assets? You need assets, uh, but I want to do real estate. Well, this is one way that you can do buy stock that capital is in turn buys cash flow and real estate assets which is the other benefit and and the fact that they don't have to manage and they don't have to you know do anything other than you know just receive their dividends and whatnot and leverage their leverage their assets to buy you know to buy uh uh what they need in their within their community so it's just it's it's, it's just that it's just that simple they don't have to come to me and ask for anything they have the they have their asset to where they're able to utilize and move freely without any type of restrictions, which real estate funds and REITs uh, have on them. Now, I know uh, this next question is on everybody's minds. Uh, what type of returns can people expect when they invest with your organization? Well, we touched on this earlier about the, the concept of um, about the ROI. Um, like I talked with one of the angel investors yesterday, they're focused on, they're only focused on, uh, the ROI, one formula of the ROI, you know? So, um, and that ROI, uh, you're not going to know when you're dealing with us, you're not going to know it. You'll be able to calculate. You have to calculate your ROI after you receive everything first. Okay. Cause the normal ROI, and I'll keep this brief. The normal ROI is the return on your investment for the people who don't know. Uh, it would be your investment plus the percentage that they give you. So if you put $500 in, get a 10% return, you're getting 50. That's all that you're getting back. So that formula 
is the simple formula and everybody focuses on that but they don't know there's another formula <laughs> which okay. is the same formula but you got to add in everything that you receive from the company and then you calculate your return on your investment so okay. now since you're not getting a percentage you're not getting a, a return uh, a, an annual percentage now you have to move to that second formula and that second formula so that means if you put five hundred dollars in and you got fifty thousand shares and then we go public and it comes out at ten dollars a share now you have to that's that's five hundred thousand dollars now you got to calculate that in then you got to calculate calculate in your annual uh dividend say you get a two two cents per two cents per share profit right every month from the real estate whatever just say right so that's two percent. That comes out to a thousand dollars. Was that a thousand dollars? Two cents times fifty thousand. That's a thousand dollars a year. So now you need to take five hundred thousand, uh, five hundred thousand, five hundred and one thousand dollars, and calculate that in. So now you got five hundred uh, for that whole annual basis. You got five hundred and one thousand dollars right then, but you still got your asset right. That's your value. That don't mean that's the cash that you you cashed out. That's just what your value of your of your investment is. You take your five hundred dollars that you have, and now you calculate. Now you calculate what your return on your investment would be, because now you put in five hundred dollars, but now you got five hundred one thousand dollars. Now you do your ROI. <laughs> you see, you see what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. that yeah, so that's the so that's the difference because you, you know you're calculating. Uh, you want to calculate everything that you that's your return i put in five hundred dollars but i got five i got five hundred thousand five hundred dollars back that i have access to that's your return on your investment and you can do the calculation on that and figure out what that is you see what i mean so okay if anybody is uh interested in getting started with cc group how can they get started well one they can go to uh www ccg.coop and from there if you go to the main website you can hit invest now and that'll take you to our crowdfunding site uh that's up for right now uh until you know uh, where you can guys can get an invest start to invest read the read the um uh read everything on the site all the perks and the bonuses that we have available in there along with your investment we want to make sure that you get more value than what you're actually putting in. Uh, you also have access uh, at, at down at the bottom. You have access to the disclosures, uh, the SEC filings for the crowdfunding uh, as well. And uh, and then your ability to go ahead and sign up and invest everything on, on that site. It gives you everything that you need over there. But like I say, but you can go to the main, like I said, go to the, the main site, uh, the ccg.coop. You can go to the blog pages, go to the media uh, pages. There's videos, YouTube. Uh, you can access everything from there. So that way you can start educating yourself, reading, uh, listening. Uh, got articles on Medium uh, uh, with different uh, different storylines. Uh, we're on TikTok as well. We got a couple, got one video up there. We're trying to build that, that net, uh, network base of the information. And I'm trying to make them uniform across all platforms. Cause you know that's kind of hard because of the because you got time limits on certain things. But uh, YouTube, uh, definitely, there's there. You have to listen. You you have to listen to. I know it might. I know it might be hard, and I know that people have short tension spans and stuff like that. But this is 
this type of this type of information and knowledge needs your un, undivided attention and and trust me you won't get it on the first run you have to listen to them you have to keep listening to it until it clicks because remember the stuff that i was learning in 19 uh 96 97 it didn't some of it didn't click until 2003 2004 you know what I mean? And the stuff yeah, that I was reading yeah. in 2009, it didn't click until later to later on and stuff like that until I was put in a situation or a scenario to where that consciousness fit in that piece fit in that consciousness right there. Oh, those are the connectors. And OK, that's what that meant. You see, so you kind of got to go through. You got to kind of got to go through that uh, with it and stuff like that. So all that's there, all that's readily available. Uh, uh yeah, when you go to the site, sign up at for a prospective investor uh, account. Get you get your uh, information into the database and stuff like that. So if you invest, you'll qualify for uh, a lot of things because I'm doing a giveaway until until the Reg A is uh, uh, qualified. I'm giving away fifty million of my own shares to the first twenty five hundred uh, people who sign up and invest at least the minimum. So you want to uh, make sure that you. Uh, yourself situated into that so that way you uh you get those extra allocated uh shares uh to you on top of your investments okay tannin so what is the the main feeling of gratitude that you have since developing consumer cooperative group um man just reaching out uh you know reaching out to the people the uh the if you look at everything you you might think there's not a big response but you might not see it on that end but on the back end there's a lot there's a lot going on in the company on the on the you know on what you don't see so there's a lot of feed there's a lot of feedback there's a lot of questions uh, a lot of interactions uh there's a lot of going on questions uh, uh, that people are asking, uh, and it's exciting when you, and it's, and it's, it gets me excited when people are asking them uh, asking them right questions. You know what I mean? Those yeah. not 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 necessarily that there's a wrong question, but those specific. Let's let's put it this way: those specific questions when they're getting into those details. You see, so now I, now I know that they're going through the learning process. They're doing they're stacking with the questions and stuff like that. They're stair stepping because they're trying to bridge that gap from the from what they've been uh, not been told to what i'm saying so they're bridging that gap in between those two those two mediums so that way they're like okay i see this because i've experienced this because a lot of them don't realize that they already uh they're already experiencing uh and they've already been going through those motions of everything that i'm talking about they've already been doing it but no one is put a no one has put a lot of shine the light on that because remember i was telling you that i was doing stuff in business yeah. uh uh that that i was already doing but then when i get to college and they're talking about they got a this call it's got a method this guy's called i said how's that called the name who took claim for that i was like i naturally knew that you <laughs> yeah. know so so you, you have to think about it so people already co-op they just don't know it right they don't realize that they're co-oping already you co-op every single day when you pay your taxes when you go buy products and services, you, you see what I'm saying? Buy cars, you do whatever. You're buying all that. You're co-oping, but you're but the company's not calling itself a co-op. 
you see, but your co-opping. Everybody's pooling their money together. Everybody's getting your pool funds, but you're not getting anything back from the pool funds. So that's, that, I want everybody to think about that. So if you're paying an electricity bill, so just think about you're paying billions and billions of dollars in uh, in, in electric uh, electricity bill. See, you, you just pooled your resources. When you go buy that lottery ticket, you're pooling your financial capital for a chance to win something. That's the best example right there. So if you don't win, you just gave your money away for free. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So so you so 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 think about so think about that. Just think about you going out to dinner. Same thing. You you get you, you're giving your money, you're giving your money away, you're getting something in the middle. That's only temporary. You're only getting when you're giving away and pooling your money, you're getting chances to do things and you're getting temporary uh lapses of uh, lapses of a good feeling for that minute but that goes away but when you invest in co-op with us what happens is is that that feeling uh uh stays with you because as long as you own that stock that stays with you that value it grows with you it grows with you it becomes a part of you okay so just remember that. Just remember that you co-op. So you choose the way that you want to co-op and pool your money together. You want to pool it and give it away for free, or do you want to co-op and pool it and build a generation of wealth that you can pass down to future generations? That, that the choice is yours. It's always been your choice. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Features with Tannen Andrews of Consumer Cooperative Group. If you'd like to be our next guest on Features. Just contact us at unitedstatesrealestateinvestor.com and we will get back with you shortly. If you found value from this episode, please share it with all of your friends, family, colleagues, anyone who would like to know more about what Tannen is building and also share it with someone you think may be interested in being a guest on Features. To learn more about Consumer Cooperative Group, visit ccg.coop. That's ccg.coop. This is Antonio Holman, founder of United States Real Estate Investor, and thanks for listening. Listenable.